Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, July the 28th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue Year C, Proper Week 13, which is the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week of the church's calendar year, and we find ourselves back in the New Testament letter to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 11. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 11. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, and not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. This is the word of God for us. Some New Testament scholars find that it's best to compare Ephesians and Colossians together. They seem to be written maybe near the same time of the Apostle Paul's ministry, uh, perhaps a similar context. You know that Colossae and Ephesus were uh, cities close by one another. There's a good chance that Christians in both towns and cities maybe exchanged these letters um, on some sort of a circuit so that more teaching and edification can be had for the church. But uh, if you you compare Colossians 3 and uh, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, you'll see some common themes between them because this is like where Paul's great argument kind of levels off and then there's this blocking and tackling and the organizing of the church. What we find is that the heartbeat of these two passages is to celebrate the new life that we all have in Christ, right? So we used to be something and now we're something else. Uh, That's what's the the punchline for verses 1 through 4 in this passage. Um, It talks about our new life in Christ, and therefore there's like this admonition, this command in verse 5, put to death therefore what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, immorality, and and so on and so forth. This dovetails closely with like a passage like Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24. This like putting off the old self, which is in corruption, and putting on the new self, which allows us to enter into this new life. Uh, what's the ultimate punchline here? The punchline is, I think, twofold. twofold. Number one, personally, we are new creations. It's not like we're just a little bit better version of our previous Christian self, uh, but we're like new, like the old person before Christ is gone. 
and like there's a new completely new person in its place right and so we're as uh, Paul says in Colossians 3 we're seated above therefore let our minds be above not on earthly things but on heavenly things or things that are elevated because of our new position in Christ and then there's like this list of response right because we're new people we need to put off these things which animated our old self and there's two lists here in Colossians chapter 3 like there's like this initial list we could say in verses 5 and 6 notice in verse 7 you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived so there's something in the past tense But then there's like the second list that Paul says. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You notice like the common denominator of the second list. These are things which tear communities apart. So that's the second punchline of this passage. First punchline is, hey, you personally are different. The second punchline is, you now dwell in a different community. Like, Paul is almost saying, Paul says, like, there are things that animate other earthly communities, um, things that uh, ultimately will tear that community apart. But the church project, the new creation project that Paul is engaging in is something that's creating a a, a new, uh, some theologians call a new polis, a new city. Uh, This is something that maybe Augustine had in mind when he wrote his famous book, The City of God. He compares these two cities, this city animated by um, anti-kingdom ways and then this city animated by kingdom ways. So in the midst of every city, every um, suburban, you know, spread and uh, small town, rural community, there is a community, but those who are part of the redeemed, like we're a part of another community as well. Now that we're not walled off from the rest of the other communities. We're not, you know, sanitized in our own little, you know, bubbles, our own little ecosystems away from the influence, um, influence for and, you know, influence of the communities around us. But there is something that's animating us as the people of God. Those who have been baptized, those who gather on communion tables, those who give themselves to the teaching of scripture and to the common way of the Christian life through generosity and service. Like we are a different people. Now, this doesn't elevate us, make us holier than the rest of the people. However, we are still set apart. And Paul says one of the ways in which you and I can be totally, it can be totally clear that we are different from the rest of the other micro communities around us is that we choose not to be angry and people who are full of uh, malice and rage and who slander one another to try to get ahead or to use filthy language to tear somebody down and make them feel small. Uh, those aren't, that's not our, that's not our game. Like, that's not our gig, man. Like that gig is up. We're part of something else. We build up instead of tear down. Like we, uh, we nourish life. We nourish relationships with positive things like loving kindness and, and generosity and hope instead of anger rage, malice, and slander, and filthy language from our lips. Um, We are being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator, Paul says, and he brings it all the way to its conclusion here. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumciser, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all, and Christ is all. And so what is the hallmark of this community is that we're a Christian community. Everyone, every conversation that people have, if they were to investigate our finances, the way we spend our money, ways which we parent our kids, 
way in which we anticipate our future, people would say Christ is everywhere in this community. Um, they wouldn't have to take a big guess. Like it would, it would pass what Donald Miller, marketing guru, says. It passes the grunt test. Like it's so easy <laughs> to come to the conclusion that we're Christian people, and this is one of the governing issues of our time. Uh, something that Andy Stanley has said recently is um, most churches out there can tell a person how to become a Christian. Not a lot of churches are good at helping people be actually be Christian and live as Christians. And so that is the governing task of our age. So how do we do that? We spend time in prayer because that is influenced and inspired by God's life within us. So we need prayer today. So with all these things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are overwhelmed by the idea that even though we still live, we have passed through uh, an old self being put away and a new self being uh, given in its place. We thank you that we have new life within you, that our sins are forgiven, the record of it is forgotten about, and you've separated us from our past as far as the East is from the West. And so we thank you that a part of starting over today means that we can have new values, new vision and a new uh, passion to live life in front of us. And so, God, we hear the words uh, from your servant, Brother Paul, this morning that uh, we should set our minds on things above. And so help us to have our minds set on the ways of the kingdom and the ways in which we can uh, witness the kingdom expanding all around us. And we also thank you for this command to put away things that tear apart the community. And so, God, we just confess you at times We've been unnecessarily divisive. Uh, we've allowed anger and uh, malice uh, to divide us. Uh, we've said things that we cannot take back, which have repelled relationships in our lives. And so we pray that you would help to teach us. Uh, Jesus, you in some way were able to be angry yet without sin. You're able to bind up the brokenhearted and to stitch together community, but also to challenge the powers. And so we crave that type of example in our lives because that way was faithful. And that is our dream today is to be faithful. So help us be our teacher today. Allow us to engage this very complicated world with the grace of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.